Welcome to the Doug Haldeman Show, Mortgage and Real Estate Talk, a show committed to educating, empowering, and entertaining you while saving you thousands. Here's your host, mortgage expert and consumer advocate, Doug Haldeman. Formal education will make you a living. Self-education will make you a fortune. It's time to gain knowledge and become the guardian of your financial future. I want to thank our sponsor, Cornerstone Mortgage, known for having the lowest rates and the smoothest closings. If you have a question you would like addressed on the air, you can call or text Doug um, at 314-472-DOUG. That's 472-DOUG, which is 3684. All the information from our show is on our website at smartwithyourmoney.com. So right, I kind of well, ad lib there. I am joined by my co-host, my beautiful wife, Tammy Haldeman. Welcome, Tam. I'm glad to be here. We're kind of winding things down. We are. I know we've, each week we've been given the big announcement and uh, our you know, Doug Haldeman show on FM News Talk 97.1 will be completing our 275th show and the last one on the station is going to be on October 1st is going to be our last week. Mm-hmm. So we had, we had announced September 24th, but it got extended a week um, thanks to 97.1. So we are excited to be with you for a few more weeks. In the meantime, it's important that you go to our website and register as a fan so we can keep in touch with you. Go to smartwithyourmoney.com and register as a fan on there, and we'll send you periodic emails as we come out with new content because the Doug Haldeman Show will continue, but it's just going to look a little bit different as we move forward. We're going to take it uh, to our podcast, which is, has had thousands and thousands of downloads nationally, so that's it's exciting. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right, so Tammy, when... When we talk about money, we know that you know money ends up ruining a lot of marriages. Okay, and we're both we're both in our second marriage with each other. Okay, and you know we've had you know you and I have fortunately have been on the same page with money, but may not have been in past lives, and a lot of marriages may not have been in you know in great um, financial matrimony when right. they come together. It causes all kinds of problems. Yeah, I think. Um you know, in my first marriage, uh, we were on the same page for the most part. There were just a f- couple things that didn't align. Um, but it, it was a stress cause we live paycheck to paycheck. And I think some of these tools that, um, that you've come up with really make sense. And it, you know, we kind of fumbled through on my first marriage that we kind of fumbled through some of those, but it really is refreshing to have a partner that sees eye to eye on how things can flow. All right. So I've come up with the six rules to be smart with your money as a couple. So let's, let's jump into rule number one. Mm -hmm, Sure. So financial goals should be agreed upon as a couple. I think that's probably why it's number one. It is the most important thing because if you are misaligned by, um, by those goals, that's what causes a lot of problems, I would think. Yeah, so together you end up creating the budget, and relationships are mutually defined. It's Mm -hmm. not individually defined. So each partner needs to be comfortable with any guidelines that you end up setting as a couple. Right, and resentments around all that. If somebody makes a decision, then that's not healthy. Well, and it helps helps avoid resentments. If you Mm -hmm. set the rules as a couple, Mm -hmm. and then you both follow it, then there's some adherence to the rules, not... Uh, you know, not one person trying to dictate to the other one. Right, exactly. So rule All right, number two? Rule number two is that finances should be combined. It should be a team effort, okay? And it's a, there's actually a, 
there's a spiritual principle for this is oneness yet separateness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it definitely applies to this. Now, here's the trap that most people fall into. Most couples, they end up starting out with their finances separate. And then eventually, you know, because they were individuals, they were single before, finances were separate. And then eventually they end up starting a joint bank account. Okay. And their paychecks get deposited into their individual accounts. And then they transfer an agreed upon amount into the joint account. Okay. Or they may agree to pay certain bills and keep keep their accounts separate, not even have a joint account, but each of them pay certain bills. Well, that's a I call that the trap because that is a recipe for all kinds of issues. So for instance, if if you have one person makes a lot more money than the other one. Okay, because this it really only works keeping finances separate if you're making very similar amounts of money. So here is the solution for this. I'm, I'm going to say with rule number two here, broken down in a couple parts. The first part is that I think the paycheck should be deposited into a joint bills account. And you know, Tammy, you and I have counseled quite a few couples that mm-hmm. really, really resist this. They do. They do. It's that it's that ownership of your own money instead of the family money or the household money or the team money, whatever you want to call it, um, having that together. And the idea behind the bills account is that no one has a, a debit card for that account. Nobody has access as far as like easy access to that account. That That right. is simply just to pay the household bills from. Right. And that's the oneness, okay, is that paycheck should be deposited into a joint bills account. The separateness is that Everyone should have some financial freedom. Mm-hmm. So whether it's five bucks or five hundred bucks, discretionary income is a must for any partnership. That's right. That's right. So like in number one, having those financial goals. Once you've set that budget and figured out what that looks like for you and your household, that financial freedom, there is an independence. You want to feel like you can go and buy lunch out if you want to. And that's gotta fit within the the couple, you know, with that partnership agreement. In case you just joined us, you'll listen to the Doug Haldeman Show on FM News Talk 97.1. We're talking about the six rules to be smart with your money as a couple. So rule number three, Tammy, this one is mm-hmm. near and dear to my heart, is the bank account setup. Mm-hmm. And it's a four-account setup. And I want to go through each of these accounts and how you and I have uh, have adopted this. Uh, and, it, and it works really well. I'm definitely a believer in it. So the mm-hmm. first account is what we're going to call the bills account. And this is a joint account. And and this is where your paychecks get deposited, and all bills get paid from this account. So this includes things like your house payment, your car payment, credit cards, student loans, u- utilities, Netflix, and anything else that's recurring and predictable. And you can easily budget the amount that you need for your bills account because most bills should be recurring. Right. And some are going to vary, like your utilities, but and you still can budget Insurance them. sometimes is you know once a quarter or twice a year or whatever, however you're your right. So, yeah. So even is. quarterly stuff and yep. yearly, yearly things should also be part of that. They should be paid exactly. from the bills account. Exactly. Okay. So next, and that's and that's you know the oneness yet separateness. That's the oneness part is the bills account, and that's right. where all your deposits, your your direct deposits, should start there. Okay. Then as we move to the next accounts, number two and three are your expense accounts. So for us, we have a expense account, Tammy, and an expense mm-hmm. account, Doug. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the husband, wife, you know, however your your couple is set up, okay, this is where the financial freedom and the separateness ends up coming in. Mm-hmm. So all daily spending ends up coming out of these accounts, and this should be part of your agreed upon budget. 
Right. So this includes all the necessary items like groceries, gas, as well as discretionary spending like movies or clothing. Mm -hmm. And the agreed upon amounts should be transferred on a monthly or biweekly basis into the accounts based. You know, it could be based on when you get your paychecks. And the transfer is coming from the bills account. Yes. Right. And so then, like, for example, Doug and I, I have taken on the role to do the grocery shopping. So when I'm I'm doing it, the money for the groceries gets transferred into my account, and I handle that that purchase. If Doug decides to go grocery shopping, which it does happen, thank you, <laughs> when it happens, the money gets transferred to Doug's account. So it's that communication between a couple about who's handling what and when. Um, so to have resentment towards well, I did the groceries and money didn't get into my account. That's not what you guys agreed upon. You know, that's not what he and I have agreed upon. So that money gets put back into his account. Yeah, and an important note here is that the the two expense accounts do not have to have the same amount of money budgeted for no. each of them because no. the same way if, you, if you're buying groceries, we may spend a lot of money on groceries. You need a lot more money in that account. Um, I I have to dry clean some of my suits for work. Mm-hmm. You know, one car may use more gas than the other. Right. So those do not need to be the same amounts, but the, it does need to be agreed upon as part of your budget. Right. That's right. And I also recommend do not have overdraft protection on those expense accounts because when you get to the bottom of that expense account, you have to stop spending money. You don't want it to start overdrafting from, from your bills account or from savings. So right. that moves us to the fourth account, in the bank account set up as a savings account. And this is also a joint account. You, you save money together. That's right. And it's recommended that a certain percent of your income gets deposited directly in your savings account every single month. So mm-hmm. you, most direct deposits now will let you split your direct deposit among multiple accounts. Yes, they will. So if you're going to save 10% of your income, for instance, have that go directly into that account. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you aren't having to go directly into the account, you know what your budget is for your bills, and then you know what your budget is for each of those expense accounts. Everything else should float over into savings. That's right. So here's what we've, what I've experienced with some of the coaching with some of our friends and family and everything on the savings account. Because the first answer, I don't know about you, Doug, but the first answer I get is savings. What savings? I can't save anything. You can start <laughs> small. Your recommendation is how many months, Doug, to have a savings built up to? Well, I think you need an emergency fund of about four to six months of house payments. Right. So that's the savings account. Now, yeah. We're not talking well, about investments. that's at least that much of Yeah, that. that's not the investments that you may be doing or anything like that. And we can build from that. But starting a savings account with a dollar or $10 just to start getting yourself in the habit of starting to save, and then you'll start seeing that grow. And it's really exciting at the end of the year to be able to pay for that car that breaks down or <laughs> new tires or your kids' new shoes or braces or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, that that savings account, and that has to be a joint decision on what you're going to save. Absolutely. All right, so rule number four in the six rules to be smart with your money as a couple, rule number four is that one person in the couple should handle all the bills. Right. And right. this does not mean that the person paying the bills is in charge of all the money and can be the dictator of everything. It just means that they're the one that's responsible for executing the budget right. and making sure everything's paid on time. So regular meetings have to be set up to be able to review the spending, and everybody has to have access to be able to see where the spending is going and you know and, and look at it. Very important thing. And there's always one person in the couple that 
is maybe a little more anal retentive than the other. They're probably the ones that should handle it. And there's there's some couples I deal with, Tim, that where both parties are very qualified to pay the bills. And there's some couples where, unfortunately, neither of them are very qualified. Yeah. I relinquished us. that. Yeah, you did it. You did <laughs> it. Because I for, did it for, um, for 20, 20 years. something years. And I, and I did that for a living. So yeah, you were a professional I bookkeeper, but you wanted me to be the one to pay the bills. kind of done. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I, uh, you know, checking out of that responsibility didn't mean to check out of the money part of it, where, where everything is going. All right. Rule number five. What is rule number five, Tammy? Yep. There must be accountability and transparency with spending. I don't know how many times someone sit across your desk, Doug, and all of a sudden there's a big secret that comes out. <laughs> and you see the the wife's face or the husband's face, whoever Had is no idea. secretly spending, going, what? We have how much on credit card debt? <laughs> um, so that's... Being transparent is important because that builds trust in the relationship and it it helps with keeping your fi- long-term financial goals on track. And, you know, Doug, I think that's one of the things I love about us is that, you know, if we do have a big ticket purchase item that um, we just communicate about that and we get it figured in. Yeah. Ab- I mean, this is vital that there's there has to be some accountability to the budget that you guys agree on in advance. All right, let's move on to rule number six. And this one is a, it's a big deal and it's kind of the caps off you know, how you make all this work. And it's to put everything on auto pay. And I'm going to, I'm going to preface this by saying that, you know, a lot of people don't like doing that. And when you're living paycheck to paycheck, this gets a lot more difficult to put everything on auto pay because people that are paycheck to paycheck, you know, they're trying to figure out from one week to the next, you know, how they're going to come up with the money to pay the next bill. And that's exhausting. Definitely exhausting. A lot of energy gets around it. And I think what, what the goal is, once you start getting that savings built up to get your cushion, to have that cushion in your bills account, to have all like a month ahead of time, that's where auto pay can be embraced really easily. And it doesn't matter like when you're living paycheck to paycheck. So let's say you get that bonus of $500. Infuse that bills account to start developing habits to create the cushion a month in advance so that you can right. start setting things up on auto pay. Yeah, and, you, you just have to make sure that your your bills account never gets that close to zero. Right, because that's always, the one. The yeah. one that you can be monitoring and being worried about is your personal account because that's probably where the excess spending is happening, and that's where you can start cutting out the coffee at wherever or eating out. It's, right. So all of your bills can be set up for auto pay. And, mm-hmm. and here's the way to do it. So I think the recurring payments, you can go into your online bill pay, pretty much every bank account, you know, almost every bank will offer online bill pay. And all the things that don't vary, you pay from your account. Mm-hmm. And let's say you have a car payment, they'll tell you you have 59 payments at $496. And then the last payment's going to go down to $485. Well, you can actually set that up to to do exactly that. You tell it 59 payments at this amount and the last payment to be at this amount. You can do all that through your account. Now, if you have variable bills like utilities, those can be set up through the individual websites to auto-withdraw the money from your account. Um, so those those also can still be on auto-pay, but they're coming and getting the money from you mm-hmm. when it's variable. Another one is that I think is important to set up your credit cards to auto-withdraw 
each month at least the minimum payments. So credit cards are going to end up charging you a $39 fee if you're even one day late. Exactly. So this will prevent you from ever having to pay a late fee. Right. And you can always pay more. Right. You can log budget, in and pay more right. than the minimum, and you should. And optimally, because you can choose how much you let the credit cards withdraw from your account, and you can tell it to withdraw the full amount, the full yeah, balance from true. your account if you want. That's true. Uh, I'm, a, I'm not always comfortable doing that. I would rather have it at least pull out the minimum payment so I never have to worry about it being late. And then I can just go in once a month and pay off the full Which balance I think if I is want. the best advice. Yeah. If you're going to use credit cards, that's the best advice to at least pay the minimum payment. Well, and, and that's the time. caution here is it's encouraged to minimize credit card usage because everything that you're spending should be coming out of one of those bank accounts. Should be. The right. only real excuse for using credit cards to me is if you're using them for the rewards cards. And if you are, then I would probably use those, like pick a rewards card and use that as your expense account. And you still have to then pay that thing off every month. Now, the problem with that is that you're not going to be able to, to live by your budget as easily if you're doing it off a credit card. Yeah, it's a little challenging to right. stay on budget for sure. So there are quite a few more additional suggestions. If you visit our website at smartwithyourmoney.com, you're going to want to download these rules. So this is the six rules to be smart with your money as a couple. Uh, I definitely recommend download these rules, sit down with your spouse, because you may not be listening to this right now with your spouse, but you can go back and re-listen a segment on smartwithyourmoney.com. Um, you can you and you can download all these rules to review it today. So coming up, we're going to be talking about the top reasons why so many people are refinancing their homes right now. You'll listen to Doug Haldeman Show on FM News Talk 97.1. 